got all the right steps in Charleston. They now can try their slipper and see if it fits at the big ball. East Tennessee State Buccaneers, they're dancing, boys and girls. Perea lays it up. 1.4. Perea hits it. The pass is caught. Ready for the game winner. Wide left. Bucks win. Nookie spotting for three. The place is going to erupt. Oh, Deuce Bellow. He's going to make Sports Center with an incredible. Jarvis Jones, the game winner, got it. Ball game. East Tennessee State's going to leave on another. They got him. If he catches it, it's over. Ball game. Touchdown, Jawan Stinson. 25 yards. J.J. German for the win. He got it. J.J. German and the Bucks have shocked the Bulldogs. And the sidekick. Say hello to my little friend. What's your name, man? I told you. It doesn't matter what your name is. You're handsome. You have the perfect amount of scruff. And you still have no talent. It's Sandos and the sidekick on the Buccaneers Sports Network. You know what today is, Mike Gallagher? Is it Wednesday? Hump day! Oh, it's hump day. It's Wednesday, ETSU. Big basketball weekend's coming up because it'll round out the regular season. Get you set for the Southern Conference Tournament. Women, two-game on the road. Western Carolina UNCG, senior day for the men's on Saturday versus Western Carolina. We will have a full breakdown, really diving into those Thursday and Friday. Today, a little bit of a smorgasbord, which means we'll hear from Landon, uh, Landon Owen, Lando's Land. I think Angry Man's uh, now moving his show to Wednesdays, it seems like. Seems uh, like. Whatever he wants to do, I may, I may just get out of his way. And then the Sear Player will wrap things up, or play on player. Play on player. So we'll have all that uh, and more. First up, smorgasbord. Wednesdays, we always do a little catch-all from last weekend and sports other than men's and women's basketball. And then we'll also look ahead at the week moving forward for all the other sports going on as we are in that crossover season between the winter and the spring. And certainly for baseball, yet another great weekend, a sweep, and then a tough matchup yesterday versus one of the top teams in the country. Yeah, Wagner's not a team that ETSU this past weekend played. They're not a team that has historic success in their past. You know, they're not a prolific program in the Northeast. They, they really never have been, but they're coming off a year in which they had a program best season. So it was interesting to see what Wagner was going to bring to the table because ETSU was obviously that first weekend uh, winning three straight against Iona, a team from a similar region. And then Wagner, it was going to be, are they the team from last year or are they the team that they've shown in their history? And I thought ETSU had an exceptional weekend on the mound. Micah Katzer gave up just two hits in his seven-inning start on Friday. Then on Saturday, following up Katzer's great start, Landon Knack had another phenomenal performance, no earned runs, five hits in six strong innings and then ETSU needed a little bit more of the bats on Sunday but they got what they needed they were down three to two entering the bottom of the fifth inning and that's when Ethan Shelton went deep the CTSU team is doing a lot of running they're also showing some power this year as well so it's exciting to see what they're able to do yesterday yeah they slipped up a bit against Clemson Clemson's a ranked team top 25 in the country and I saw Joe Panucci before the Wagner series obviously it was a massive downpour and uh, it, it was almost flooded out the entire weekend but that's the beauty of having turf in your stadium at Thomas Stadium they were able to get all three in against Wagner coach Benucci kind of laid out for me what the weekend was going to look like and then talked about the midweek starting position that is vacated by Daniel Sweeney because he is now the number three he's your Sunday guy so it is going to be kind of a trial and error process in the midweek for starters on the mound and that continues Hoover Mills had a rough start in the first week against, I believe it was Virginia Tech, and then yesterday, Colby Stewart drops to one and one, going one and two thirds, three earned, walked four. That's been the thing with these midweek starters so far has been the control issue. You had Hooper Mills walk four, did not get an out, gave up seven runs against Virginia Tech, and then you had Colby Stewart walk four, gave up three and one and two thirds. Here's one very big positive, I think, to take out of yesterday's game against Clemson. It was a 14 to three loss for ETSU, but. Look at Matthew Mercer. This is someone that last year was given the opportunity to start on the opening weekend, and it didn't go his way. He ended up only pitching uh, four other times the entire year. His line ended up being kind of ugly. 17 was the ERA in five appearances and that one start. But this year, through three appearances, six and a third, two hits allowed, no runs. He is one and oh. So Matt Mercer, a guy that was a lot was expected of him last year, didn't necessarily immediately live up to the expectation, but clearly he has put in the work 
and is coming with a much better product on the field and has improved himself to be ready to really contribute big out of the pen. Yeah, and, and, and yesterday was just a buzzsaw game. Uh, but the the pitch – and it really, you look at the Virginia Tech and Clemson, it's been one inning in both games. It was seven runs, I think, in the first inning against Virginia Tech. It was seven runs in the fourth or fifth against uh, Clemson. Sixth, yep. Or the sixth inning. And yep. so that kind of blew the game open. So, uh, and, and I know you can't take one inning away. It just doesn't work that way. But certainly if ETSU can maybe get back to more of a binary code stat line against some of these bigger teams – uh, then I think it would be much better uh, as opposed to a lot of the crooked numbers. And they've thrown just two big crooked numbers on the board, giving up two big crooked numbers. And ETSU only had three hits, and uh, Ethan Katie at least uh, able to show, again, power that we maybe not expecting Second from this runs, squad. Yeah. Uh, but he hits a three-run shot and accounts for all the runs there, but just three hits against what generally is one of the better pitching staffs in the nation year in and year out. So good experience. They, you know, they've had success on the weekends. Haven't quite figured out the midweek, but again, they've played a couple of ACC schools. Very so we'll strong see. teams. Uh, and yes, and very good teams. So yeah. we'll have to see uh, how that goes uh, moving forward. But I think you're you're right on point. Good to see Matthew Mercer being able to bounce back of maybe what was tough last year for him and just trying to get better and, and seeing if he can find his way either back in the rotation or even as a relief guy in, in key situations. I wouldn't be surprised to see him get one of these midweek opportunities because, as Coach Panucci said, it is going to be a hey, if you kind of want the opportunity, if you show a little bit, you're probably going to get it on that midweek. But some of it could be the fact that he clearly is showing a propensity to succeed out of that relief role. Uh, Last year with that one start, things didn't really pan out how he wanted. Then he went to the bullpen and things just kind of stayed that way, perhaps with a more defined role, perhaps with maybe a little less on his shoulders. Maybe just the fact that he's got one year at ETSU underneath his belt things will continue to go how they've gone two and a third yesterday did not allow a hit struck out three and those were the last seven outs that ETSU got against Clemson so it wasn't all good but there are certainly positives to take out of that 14-3 well and and real quick on Matthew Mercer and we'll move on Uh, last season uh, he had more walks than strikeouts right this year he's not allowed to walk and he's got eight strikeouts and so we talked about control in the midweek in the starting position you can see it too with Matthew Mercer so there you go just to touch on Matthew Mercer there a little bit softball if we can uh, turn our attention to that for just a little bit Uh, first losing weekend but uh, ETSU did go two and three they lost to St. Francis on Friday a huge win over Gardner-Webb the host school on Saturday night turn or it's Friday night excuse me Saturday uh, they end up um, beating St. Francis so they kind of went one and one there ran into a bus saw Bowling Green really a great pitcher shut them out three nothing and then uh, getting a little bit of revenge for the first loss Gardner Webb is kind of odd uh, ETSU got beat pretty handily by St. Francis in the first one and then run ruled right. uh, them in the second one then ETSU run ruled Gardner Webb and then lost in Pentuck so kind of worked out there the only difference is Bowling Green uh, able to shut out ETSU and softball and baseball each big big weekends coming up uh, uh, you know this Friday Saturday Sunday for ETSU I believe they're gonna uh, host right are they not hosting this weekend or is no, that next that's weekend? Two from that's now. two weekends from now. Yep. But Same weekend as the tournament, as it always seems to be. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, you know, the way they get that goes, sort of like those volleyball ones early, it's kind of hard to keep up with uh, because they're allowed to play in so many tournaments. They play so many games so many days. Sometimes you're not even sure where the tournament is held uh, uh, because of that. But ETSU's will uh, – softball will play North Alabama. They'll play Tennessee oh, – it's at Tennessee State. Isn't it? They'll play North Alabama. They'll play Tennessee State. And I want to say Marist. Marist, and, yep. Yeah, maybe I missed one. Portland State. So a lot going on there and for ETSU baseball back at home. Another Northeast school coming down south. Yeah, it was good to see this past weekend for softball. Nikki Grupp have another just fantastic few games. She's a SoCon player of the week, hitting 364 now on the year, five home runs, 20 R- 21 RBI. And we are really seeing the fruits of the labor for Mallory Sure early on in this season. You and me talked about it on a couple of different shows. I've been talking with Brad Irwin about it the entire offseason and really have thrown this out to a lot of people just because it makes sense, right? When things make sense, I seem to be able to get them, which is good. My brain's still working in that way. It wasn't a stretch to think that Mallory Sure was going to have a big offensive year after she didn't just have to come in and jump into the softball season halfway through after playing women's basketball. She's in her graduate year, doesn't have any eligibility left in women's basketball anymore, comes in and has an entire offseason without women's basketball this year to focus on softball. She's hitting 413, got 10 extra base hits, which is a team high. The batting average also a team high. 19 RBI, which is just right behind Nikki Grupp. And there are still seven bucks hitting 300 
or better, and they're the usual suspects for at least the last couple of years. It's Grupp, it's Lauren Lee, Kelly Warren. Uh, Julia Fritz hasn't played all that much, uh, but she's up there as well. Kylie Toller is someone that's producing at a higher level than we've seen prior, and then Taylor Wright, and then Tiffany Lauren is right behind her. So uh, Kelly Schmidt continues to do well in the circle, 4-2 and two now, 2.56 ERA. You can see the explosiveness on the offensive side of the ball from those wins against St. Francis and Gardner-Webb. They put up 32 runs in those two combined games and heck put up 40 uh, 42 in the first three games before hitting a little bit of a lull but uh, when they do hit those lulls Kelly Schmidt and that pitching staff are keeping them in games seemingly at the right times because yes they gave up 16 to St. Francis in that opening game of the Gardner-Webb tournament uh, they gave up six to St. Francis but they were scoring a lot those games the Bowling Green game tight three to nothing right Gardner-Webb five to four so in the circle, at the plate, there are producers for this team. And this weekend, I'm excited to see how it continues to unfold because as conference play approaches, it's much like with baseball, right? You're going to have to challenge yourself with different teams. And the better the team, the better it's going to be for your team. So as Brad Irwin's squad continues to see a variety of competition, they're only going to get better. And same with baseball as they approach their weekend series that is over at Thomas Stadium as well. Yeah, and I think uh, it'll be a big week, too, not just for the tournament, but they'll get their first midweek series against a, a tough team that the Bucks are familiar with yeah. in, in South Carolina Upstate, uh, who's now in the Big South. They're both together in Atlantic Sun at some point. But that'll be interesting to see because that's usually one of the upper echelon teams in the mid-major level. Uh, again, baseball will be at Marist. And shocker, they're going to go play another top team in the country, Vanderbilt, on the road on Wednesday. Uh, also in action this weekend, women's tennis, women's golf uh, on the road for that to go with women's basketball and men's basketball. So, again, in that silly crossover season. Packed right now. Uh, track and field uh, just wrapped up the Southern Conference indoor championships. They'll get started with the outdoors here shortly as well. So, a lot going on on the campus of ETSU. A lot going on on our podcast today. Landon Owen, Lando's Land, coming up after this time out there. A word from Sandos and the Sidekick on the Buccaneer Sports Network. It's funny how things can multiply, like cold weather. One minute, a few snowflakes fall. The next, you need a snowblower just to find your feet. Or tardiness. Run two minutes late in the morning, and you're a half hour late to work. Come on. But good things come from multiplying, too, like the new Multiplier Instant Games, which give you a chance to multiply your winnings. So go ahead, enjoy the good kind of multiplying today with the new Multiplier Instant Games, only from the Tennessee Lottery. Game-changing fun. Please play responsibly. Wow, am I happy about my new Wow Rate e-checking account at Citizens Bank. I got a huge rate on my deposit and great account features. With that sort of a deal, I'm saving for much-needed bucks tickets to cheer on my team. Learn more about Wow Rate e-checking accounts at CitizensBank24.com. Wow Rate e-checking accounts at CitizensBank24.com. Go Bucks! Bank your own way. Citizens Bank member FDIC. Looking to promote your business but don't know the best avenue? Stand out from the crowd and go big with billboards. We're Allison Outdoor, and we're the new guys in town. Whether it's digital or traditional billboards, our locations span the Tri-Cities. If you're looking for high exposure for a day, a year, or anything in between, we have rates and packages for you. Call Nick Stickley for pricing at 423-360-4809 or allisonoutdoor.com. And go Bucks! Food City is excited for another thrilling basketball season with the ETSU Buccaneers. Even when slicing up the finest cuts of beef, selecting the freshest produce, or preparing the sweetest baked goods, we live and breathe navy and gold. So go get them, Bucks. On your quest for a Southern Conference championship and beyond, Food City is with you every step of the way. Food City, official supermarket of ETSU Athletics. Johnson City Hyundai is proud to support East Tennessee State Athletics. Excellence in education, teamwork and trust, success and understanding. They are the core values that drive the ETSU Athletics program to excellence. ETSU Athletics and Johnson City Honda, a winning combination. The Johnson City Way. Today and every day, Johnson City Honda is committed to bringing the Tri-Cities a truly unique way to buy a new Honda or a certified pre-owned Honda. It's a way of business we like to call the Johnson City Way. When you come to Johnson City Honda, 
You can have the confidence in knowing you're getting a great deal along with outstanding customer service that will last long after the sale. We invite you to come by today and shop our outstanding selection of vehicles and experience a different way, an easy way, our way, the Johnson City way. Johnson City Honda, proud to support the ETSU Athletics Program. Today and every day, the Johnson City way. Johnson City Honda, Johnson City. Landon Owen. Let's go, let's go. We got the teamwork to make the dream Let's go. Let's go. Let's well, we're not Manny Machado, $300 million. Oh, thanks. Yeah, there we go. Was that not on? No. no sorry. I was like, man. I don't know what's going on. I thought on. it was uh, softer than the first segment. You who knows? Who knows? Well. Who cares? I, I, yeah. I, I, yeah. In yeah, fairness, hey guys, I didn't have anything. Take two. Ready? Three, two, one, go. Boom. This is live radio. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, exactly. I'm not Manny Machado with $300 million out in San Diego, and I'm also not Bryce Harper, who's probably about to make more than that uh, with Philly, but I, I think we're doing pretty well. Uh, Landon, how, how are you? Let's look at the side. Let's look at the positives. You are the sidekick. That's true. You're doing better than most. Uh, wow, I've never heard someone compliment me by using the sidekick term. They usually are just like, "Hey, sidekick," and it's you know, come yeah, to immediate not, denigration. Listen, listen Jerry, I've not heard anybody give that, me any of that <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> Hey, yeah, I'm all about the little guy. Yeah, so see, that, that's um, what the kind of stuff we're yeah. talking about right there—the little guy. Yeah, exactly. Well, speaking of the little guy, um, hey, great segue. Have we? Uh, you guys are big. Uh, American football, oh, Alliance of American you, Football Apparently people, you don't right? listen to the you podcast, or you would know that. You don't know the name of the actual thing, so you're clearly not. AAF. We call it the Alliance. You know, you we're, we're, we're hip with it. Uh, I'm excited we got some Wingate guys in the league. That's that's just big time. First of all, let's not call it the league because the league is the NFL. Just call it the AAF because, let's be real, no, alliance, one, from, the no one from Wingate is making the league. Uh, I will have you know we have had uh, at least one person in the league. Uh, David Jones was a defensive back for the Bengals many years ago, and was a quite was quite a good player. So yes, we have had people in the league. We're happy for your one guy. Yeah, I'm happy. I think that this uh, I think this show has kind of waffled on the AAF. Certainly, I have. I'm an emotional what, roller coaster no, no, no. usually <laughs> all the time. Anyway, you, you were in and you hated him. him. What are you talking? About? I was all over it. Then I was out on it. Then I was back in after we talked to Mike Waddell. So I kind of waffled from the oh the AAF is going to be really cool to no one would get back to me from the AAF to have a guest on the show. So I hated everyone from the AAF. And then Mike Waddell finally got back to me, came on the show, was brilliant. And so now I love the AAF more than life itself. Life is a yo-yo. It is. You know, you got to you got to ebb and flow with the little spinny thing. I think we have to talk to Nasir player about yo-yos. Does he uh, okay. does he know what a yo-yo is even? And the fact that yo-yos I don't think have been a thing in like probably in his lifetime, darn near. I, I, I my guess he's probably heard it and he's never owned one. That's what I'm going to go with. We should also probably talk to him about the AAF. What's your point so, about the AAF, Landon? I like it. You yeah. know, it's I'm I was maybe a little footballed out at the beginning. You know, because the, the NFL wears on me after a while. Uh, more of a college guy, of course. But, you know, I think it's been good. I, I've always liked the you – know, I'm one of the rare people that enjoys watching the late innings of spring training games. Oh. You know, because I like to see the guys that are coming up. Uh, I like the second half of preseason football uh, of games better than the first half because it's guys that you don't know. Um, it's guys that this is their chance and they're playing and they're putting their hearts out. So I think you're seeing that in the in the play. It was a little sloppy early, but you know, going back to the XFL when they started up, it didn't start great. But by the end of the year, those guys were playing some pretty good football, and guys like Tommy Maddox ended up with a second life in the NFL after that. So you know, I think there's some really good players. Um, there's been some good individual performances, and the teams are starting to play a little better too. So I think it's good. I think they got a good product. They got a shot. I haven't seen the ratings lately, and we all know that night one, they're very good. They beat out a ton of NBA games that were prime time and Russell Westbrook and James Harden and all these big names. I wonder how much of that is initial curiosity, and if we're to look at 
the rest of the season up until the championship because you would hope that that would still draw a decent amount of attention as well. But the middle seven or eight weeks, I wonder how they're doing there because you look at the main story that's come out about the AAF over the last week or so, and it's that they needed $250 million from an investor, quote-unquote, or was it a bailout? Arguably. Yeah, exa- oh, yeah Arguably. It, is, it is. No, it's debatable. It's either a bailout, quote-unquote, an investment, quote-unquote, or an emergency is what another outlet used. There, there's some very creative reporting of the facts that is going on about whatever happened. So the Carolina Hurricanes, I guess, their owner gave $250 million. Now he has, like, a stake in the whole thing. So it's nice to get $250 million bucks. You wonder under what pretenses landed that that happened. Uh, if I'm the Alliance and I'm getting $250 million, I probably don't care how the story comes out. It's a fair point. Out. It's a fair point. Jay um, Sandoz, you've always wanted so, $250 million, too. Yeah, I, you know, it's it, it's probably a little bit of both. You know, there's probably an investment there. But I promise you the guy that owns the Hurricanes that bought into this thing, and I think he's now the chairman, um, he, he didn't make money just to throw it away. Uh, he's not just – giving them $250 million just to make payroll. Right. He wants it to succeed. So I think if somebody's willing to throw that kind of revenue at it and or resources at it, um, I think you got a shot. And I think with the XFL, you know, when, when they launch in uh, – is it next year or later this year? I'm 2020. Sure. 2020, okay. So And they've got guys like Bob Stoops lining up to participate, and Oliver Luck left his job with the NCAA. There's something to this that – maybe wasn't there in previous incarnations of these other leagues. I think the, the first league. thing both leagues have tried to do is the opposite of what all the leagues try to do in the past, USFL and the first XFL run, which is we are not trying to compete and take over, which is what the first two tried to do. I think they've openly – XFL hasn't come out and said they want to be the minor leagues, but they basically have at least said we're not trying to take over for the NFL. We just see there's a need – to, to do this, to have another league, where the AAF has basically just come out and said, hey, we'll be the minor leagues. And to me, what's helped them is that the NFL and the NFL network and everybody has gotten on board with, okay, um, this would be great for the league to try to get, you know, guys extra reps, more time, this, that, and other. You know, it could showcase some different things and maybe become the minor league system, which has been so difficult for football to do i mean they had the brief stint with the nfl europe and all that Hmm. i'll be curious not just in week seven and eight you know are people still interested in it because of the games i'm interested because you're talking ncaa tournament you're talking a master's Mm -hmm. weekend you're talking a bunch of things that people are so uh into just diehard yeah and and (laughs) it's it's just through inertia right that's what we do every time this year we tune into this we watch this and to get people to you you hit on all the key things that they they understand their place in the market um where others didn't i think that gives them an an advantage um you know you got the little quirky things like no extra points but that's good who wants to see an extra point anyway um the no kickoffs thing that all football is probably moving towards that so they can say they were the first ones to do it canada's Uh, done it for two years landon yeah and i like the only criticism i could have i love the fact they're in non-nfl markets uh, very good planning. I would love to see them find some smaller stadiums to start in um, just to give it a little more intimate feel. You know, playing in the Liberty Bowl, playing in um, at Legion Field, um, you're playing in San Diego Credit Union, you know, the where the Chargers used to play, uh, though they may outdraw the Chargers now. Um, it's it, That's a little – I think the TV product suffers a little from that uh, because there's only 5,000 people at a game. Um, so I think if they can figure that part out, and they're probably paying an awful lot to use those facilities, if they could find something a little more intermediate, I think that'd be good. Um, but other than that, I think it's I think they're they're doing pretty well. The other big story about the AAF this week, according to TV guy Charlie Ebersol and former NFL GM Bill Poley, and the two men hatched the idea for the AAF in March of 2017, a year before announcing the formation of the league, and two years before games began this winter. According to LA businessman Robert Vanich, he actually dreamed up the idea and was in position to build the AAF until Ebersol stole it from him after a fateful meeting with Vince McMahon. Of course, Vince McMahon has a central role in this, right? Uh, He's suing for 50% ownership, or I guess maybe the equivalent in dollars of 50% ownership. I wonder how the $250 million that they just received plays into that. This seems to me like a desperate cash grab 
Landon Owen. And well, all I, these stories seem to all. be negative lately. Well, I'll, I'll but... do you one better. Can I do you one better? Because it is rumored that Vince McMahon was the one that started the rumor that the AAF uh, needed the bailout <laughs> and to do this. you got to love and Vince. Now, and now Vince. Vince and this guy has come up with this idea – to me, this has all the makings of Vince still living in his unreality world because he's created so powerful. And there are plenty of stories of him and the ego and some things that, that he has done because of the way he's taken over territories and kind of – I don't want to get too much into wrestling, but centralized and got, got all that. And there are plenty of stories of, of Vince and what he believes. And so this is – Maybe his anti, not his anti, but basically his uh, alter ego reality of wrestling coming into play in a real world where he thinks, you know, if we just do some of this, that league folds, we're the only league there. I, th- this strikes me as him doing that. Yeah, I, I'd agree. Vince, if you watch the 30, the 30 for 30 on the XFL was one of my Brilliant. favorite ones that they had. That was a really good one. And it just painted the picture of, yeah, we're not going to bring this past a year. Let's go the other way. And Eversol was trying to always ring them back in. And this is the XFL and all that stuff. It was it was hilarious. It was very well done. But yeah, Vince is an entertainer. Uh, the other guys, no are doubt. And these stories are entertaining and, to me. And it's he. It look. It gets him in the news, right? Even if he didn't leak it. Hey, somebody leaked that. I leaked that. You know, it gets him in the news and gets people talking about his Brilliant. league, which is still fledging. It's trying to, to, to launch. Uh, AAF, they've succeeded where a lot of other leagues have failed. They're playing games. You know, they're in week four of their season, so good for them, and I hope they can make it through. If they can make it through two years um, and have a future, that's that's as better that's better than the USFL did. Um, so I think they're, they're going about things the right way. Uh, when, Orlando, when, we, hey, and when is the when is the XFL scheduled? Are they going to play against the AAF during yeah, the same time? Frame? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they're they're actually scheduled for the spring and summer too next year. Okay. So so you'll okay. have two two things to watch, which is funny. But and there's slightly different rules in each. So we'll have to sit. Now it's not as crazy as XFL went before, um, but the AAF had to add some some rules. You know, the no kickoffs. But they also have the the blitzing rule, right? They they can only have right. a certain defensive alignment. They can only blitz five, and basically. Uh, I've said it before, I did research on it. It was because when they polled all the football people, what was the most difficult thing to do was the offensive line. They said if you didn't regulate that at least early in the first year when you didn't have continuity, that everyone would just blitz and it would be no, there would really be no offense, that it would be the worst thing yeah. ever to watch. Landon, I think that you meant play against the AAF as in time frame, but I think you've kind of hit yeah. it a good idea. Why doesn't the XFL play against the AAF on the field to see a battle for supremacy between leagues? It, it, it is the new uh, NFL-AFL uh, merger it. there. Oh, I, like I love it. it. All right. All right, we're running out you of time. First... Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. We're in it. And if somebody does it, we can say we came up with the idea. And, and we then can... sue we're suing. Yes. We're suing. We're suing. We're going to get rich. Done. Hey, podcast, was this 104? Uh, yeah, something like that. Podcast on 104, we already got it. Mark it down. All right. Mark and, it down. And, and then we'll cut Landon out. That's how we'll do it. That's what voice sidekick. <laughs> All right. Let the record or... show. I was part of it. Thank or, you. Or we'll cut sidekick out, Landon. Whatever you want to do. Whatever you want to do. Cut the sidekick I'm going clever with audio here. I've got the control. Oh, okay. There we go. All right, Landon. We'll see you next week, buddy. All right, boys. See you later. All right, Angry Man up after this and his sidekick on the Buccaneers Sports Network. Ballot Health is an integrated healthcare system built to meet the local needs in Northeast Tennessee and Southwest Virginia. Together with community, we are transforming our region. We're making communities healthier. We're expanding access to critical services in rural areas. And we're investing in health research and medical education. It's your story. We're listening. Ballot Health is proud to be the official health care provider of ETSU Athletics. Go Bucks! The Carnegie Hotel is Johnson City's only AAA four-diamond property that is unique, tranquil, and brimming with character, just adjacent to East Tennessee State University. When it's time to dine, Wellington's Restaurant in the Carnegie Hotel is the place to be, serving breakfast, lunch, and dinner in grand style. And why not come indulge yourself at Austin Springs Spa, located right inside the Carnegie Hotel. East Tennessee's premier full-service spa provides everything you need to rejuvenate, revive, and renew. The Carnegie Hotel, 12 16 State of Franklin Road in Johnson City. 
Wendy's has three new hamburgers on the new made-to-crave menu. The barbecue cheeseburger, the sauce and bacon cheeseburger, and the peppercorn mushroom melt. They've got so much swagger, they'll change the way you think about hamburgers and the way you ride through our drive-thru. Maybe you'll lean your seat back a little. Maybe a lot. Maybe you'll roll your windows down. Or maybe your window's broken because you punched through it to get your hamburger faster. Try the three new hamburgers on Wendy's new made-to-crave menu and download the Wendy's app for craveable deals today. At Wendy's, we got you. At participating Wendy's. Mulliken Hardwood Flooring is a beautiful addition to any room. Enjoy the luxury of hardwood flooring in your home with Mulliken's pre-finished, sold, or engineered, ready-to-install selection of beautiful hardwood flooring and a wide variety of domestic and exotic species. Please visit the following Johnson City locations to learn more. Dockery's Floor Covering, House of Paneling, Carpet and Door Mart, and K&M Flooring. Kingsport locations include Dalton Direct Carpets, Custom Floors by Carlin, and Providence Flooring and Paint. Visit the Smile Floor Service in Bristol. Trust the clear leader in quality hardwood flooring, Mulliken Flooring. General Shale is proud to support ETSU basketball and Southern Conference fans everywhere. Want to make the most of game day? Now you can design your dream home during pregame or halftime. The new My Designs app by General Shale lets you design custom projects right from your phone or tablet. Choose from up to 10 building types designed with over 50 of our most popular brick and stone colors. You can even share your designs with your friends. Download the My Designs app by General Shale on the App Store or visit MyDesignsApp.com to design your dream project today. Over the last 70 years, Johnson City Power Board has had a few different looks. But we've remained the same trusted partner you rely on. Now, we've changed our name to Bright Ridge to match our vision, to deliver on our promise of great service you can count on, embracing common sense technology to strengthen the communities we serve. We're glad to be your public power provider. Bright Ridge, new name, renewed promise. Learn more at brightridge.com. Yo, can I get a w- ah! Hey, 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 Kicked out Tuesday on Wednesday. Here's what ticked me off. What are you just coming out on Wednesdays now? You think you can dictate your own schedule? Just want to come on whenever? Dictate my schedule? I mean, what's going on here? You know, what what, what do you what do you think? You guys you didn't just... contact me on Tuesday. Well, I don't know. You go away for about eight weeks, eight and then weeks? you come back, and I was here yesterday, sidekick. Mm. I was waiting for my time, and you guys know. didn't come find me. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, you know, it, it's don't blame me. Me and Jay's show. You're the guest, so we're usually always right, and I think that we're right about this too. No, you're not. Jay is gone for this angry man Yeah, segment. Jay's scared. He is. Jay is living in fear of me right now. I think that's true, actually. I wouldn't disagree with that at all. Uh, clearly, you've got some rage already. Oh, I'm raging already. <laughs> Here's what ticks me off. I'm going to start with myself. It, when people goad you into thinking that they've won tons and tons of money, when in fact, all they did was see something on the internet and try to pass it off as their own. Firstly, it's libelous. For, secondly, it's slanderous. Thirdly, it is absolutely 100% false. I don't like being lied to, angry man how do you feel about being lied to i hate being lied oh to. interesting i hate it interesting so you would not Honestly, like that either port, so port. you so you would not like that either if someone made up something completely outside of what is actually happening to them and pass it off as their own i guess it all depends on the situation does can it you, okay can you have a sense of humor mm, sure can you have some fun sure can you elaborate on what happened? Oh, would you like to or should I? So Angry You're Man. You're the one that brought it up, sidekick. Angry Man. Am I a mind reader? Angry Man on Monday uh, texts a few of us from around uh, the friend group that we have. And he says, look, guys, I'm a millionaire. And he sends a picture of a ticket that clearly is on some kind of weird tinfoil type surface. It looked too perfect. And so instantly you can tell it was a total hack job of trying to pass something off as his own. I asked him, what angry man is that surface underneath? And he says, it's a folder. And it was a bold-faced lie, just a terrible lie at that. A bad liar is angry man, much as you may think he may be good at lying. He's a terrible liar. And so when I call him out on that, and also he is called out in the friend group about why are you telling a bunch of people? Why aren't you just going and cashing in to make sure it's true? He had no comeback for that either. So angry man, you are what ticks me off this week that's good i did my job it was a real ticket though it was a real ticket someone won and when i said you didn't win you said what do you mean i bought it at lunch so you not only are a bad liar you doubled down on your bad lie 
Hey, I was just trying to have some fun with you guys on a Monday afternoon. I wish you were a millionaire because uh, while I don't believe that you would give any of it to any of us, I oh, think they would make on. your I, I don't know. I, I, maybe a lunch would be a good place to start. I, I'm not sure that we would get even that. If I though. recall, someone bought you some Cinnabon Delights. That is a good point. So maybe if you were to win a million dollars, I would hope that there would be a few more Cinnabon Instead Delights. Instead of a two-pack, you get the four-pack. Uh, that's fair. Doubling up on the – you're clearly already loaded, have 500000 in the bank, so a million is double that, and four Cinnabons is double two Cinnabons. Uh, I saw a story out there this past week that said Tennessee is the fifth most sinful state in the union. And my curiosity is piqued. Angry man, what do you think you have done to increase that? Is it all about angry man and the following that he's created? Are you the reason that this is the most sinful state? Number five, most sinful state in the union. Uh, ooh, that's a good question. Like, just because I'm angry, does that mean I'm a sinful person? Am I? Well, you tell me, angry man. I don't know what goes on behind closed doors. I, I, I don't think I'm like a very bad person. I get upset. Yeah. We all get upset. We all have our reasons to get mad. Doesn't make me a bad person. You're right. So you think I go out there and I'm loitering the streets at three in the morning, breaking <laughs> into companies? Stealing things, trash in the town. I would love to. I would pay to see Angry Man loitering the streets at 3 a.m. just to see what kind of scene that would. What would be going on around you? Why are you out at that time? That would be a great Angry Man narrative. Maybe there could be an Angry Man movie about something like Angry that. Angry Man after dark. <laughs> oh, we've got a million dollar idea. Uh, Angry Man, what are you angry? I'll, I'll get out of the way. This is your segment. I apologize for stepping all over it. What are you angry about this week? Oh, it's okay. We're, we're here for you, sidekick. Right. We're here for you. Well, Jay's gone. I tend to get a little controlling. But you know what ticks me off? When someone asks for help and you give it to them and they don't appreciate it. Why ask? Why are you asking then if you're not going to listen to me and take it? People want others' perspectives on things, perhaps, so they're gathering information to make a decision. Well, don't completely poo-poo it then. <laughs> so this, so an angry man, me and angry man have had a number of conflicts today already, as you can tell. I go into Angry Man's office and say, Angry Man, do you think you have any good trivia for a contest we're doing to give away tickets to the Western Carolina game? And Angry Man says, yeah, I already told Jay. Of course, Jay does not communicate this to me. Uh, so maybe to Of course me, not, Jay! So maybe it's a me and Jay issue. You're the voice, Jay! Use your voice and communicate it to sidekick! So Jay, uh, Angry Man says, yeah, how many threes did Patrick Good make against Western Carolina the first time they played? to break the school record and instantly I, I give no hesitation i'm like too easy yeah too easy too easy that to me is too easy you don't want people to win the tickets i, I think people should want to be at the final this is the final chance you get mm -hmm. all year until november of this coming 2019 to see the box at freedom hall i think there is enough demand already that if you do put out a more difficult question, people will put in the time on their end to go and find the answer. 11 threes for Patrick Good, which is the answer for anyone listening before the question goes record. out. School record, which is why I think that it'll instantly pop into people's minds and there will be an oversaturation of correct answers. We've only got three pairs of tickets here, Angry Man. But I, someone's going to have to win them. Yes, but 1,300 people followed the Buccaneer Sports Network. We're kind of a big deal. I don't know if you know that. Congratulations. Thank you. Proud of you. At Buck Sports Radio on Twitter. You want a sucker? Uh, I'd like a cookie. Uh, and I'd like 11 more threes from Patrick Good on Saturday as well. That's but awesome. uh, I think that there's, of those 1,300, three that are willing to go out of the way to answer a question. Let's say uh, you said how many, I, I like this one, how many dribbles did Patrick Good have against Western Carolina when he hit those 11 threes? Yeah. Answer to that. I believe it was six. Being six, which is very Clay Thompson-esque. We talked to Patrick Good last time he was on the show, and he is coming up next week as well. Last time he was on the show, we talked to him about that and just how Clay Thompson type it was with all the points that Clay Thompson pours in, the spot-up shooter that he is, much like Patrick Good. Uh, I thought a good one was, what are the five players to win Southern Conference Player of the Year for the Bucks? Because you can find that. It's you not can. easy to oh, find. Okay. It's not as easy to find. Uh, and it requires some history, lineage. Now, here's where I think you may be correct. The people that know that will probably already have tickets to the game. That's a great point. That is where I can see things your way a bit. So the question was, officially we sent out, the one that Angry Man came up with, and 
It's we fair. just gave you the answer. And we just gave you the answer. So if you haven't tweeted at Buck Sports Radio already, make sure to do that. You also have to retweet the tweet. Anything in sports that's got you upset this week, Angry Man? Hmm. How about the guy? That I And we've talked about this. We're going to talk about it with this year player coming up. We talked about it with Landon Owen a little bit ago. The guy that is suing or claims to be suing the AAF for 200 or sorry, not $250 million, for half the share, half the stake of the AAF saying that Charlie Ebersol stole his idea for the league wow. and he's suing for 50% stake. That seems to me like he has fabricated just a ton of stuff and he's not going to be able to back it up and this is just going to go away. He's tra- he sees a successful product and he's trying to leach onto it. Yeah, That's what I think is going on. Yeah. Sidekick, what's going on here? Focus, Angry Man. What's going on here? How about uh, Russell Westbrook? With a little child that was sitting courtside, I believe this was last night, it's been on social media today, stopping what he was doing when he was playing the game, the little kid kind of hits him on the leg and is just like, hi, waves at him like, oh my God, it's Russell Westbrook. Westbrook stops what he's doing, puts the ball down, goes over and has a conversation with the dad and the kid, and the message was, don't touch me. Wow. I missed that one. Are you in favor of the kid being awestruck that one of the best basketball players in the world is right in front of him and awestruck to the point of him reaching out and touching the athlete? Or are you on Russell Westbrook's side that says fans have way too much access and leeway and they need to be further removed and not given as much access and be as close proximity to us as they are? But that's part of the game. I agree. It's part of the game to be there, be front center, be as close to the action as you can be. You know, when they run into the tunnel at halftime, people are putting their arms up for high fives. They're high-fiving them and all that stuff. It's a little kid touching them. It was a little kid, too. I mean, like seven, eight years old. Oh, come on. That's brutal. It struck me as very entitled of Russell Westbrook. Like, without the fans, you wouldn't be making all the money you are. He doesn't strike me as being, yeah, he is a star. But he doesn't strike me as being a fan favorite. Okay, you're getting triple doubles and putting numbers up each night. You've got to be able to let a little fan touch you. I agree. If it were an adult. That's a little bit. That's more, different. Yeah. Now. Because I, I had someone touch me in a weird way today, too. Excuse me? Yeah. Unburden yourself, angry man. Someone came up. And, you know, people like to hug and pat you on the back. I had someone grab my chest. Wow. My chest. Your boob. Someone put their hand in your boob. I guess they have. If you want to clear it that way. Yeah. Just wanted to put it in the slang terms the kids use these days. But I was okay with it. it was Were little, you? I was a little weirded by it. <laughs> but it's not like I lost it and started attacking the guy. I, I'm wondering. Oh, so it was a guy. It was another guy. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm curious. What proximity were you? Were you, like, across from the person where they no, literally just, snuck like. up from behind me and did it. Like the reach around? Yeah. That's a little forward, How I think. How would you react? I would be a little freaked out. Like, it freaked me out a little bit, but. It, it's not like, I'm not supposed to react like Russell Wilson or Russell, or Russell Westbrook. Westbrook. Yep. Jeez, I'm losing my mind. Russell Wilson. Uh, Russell Wilson's a fan favorite, though. He is. He would allow a little fan, little kid to come up and grab his chest. Yeah. Yeah. He'd be okay with that. I think, especially in the workplace, yeah, you got to be careful with that. Track. Well, no, I, th- I think that I think it, it's a fair point. Inappropriate touching or touching in general. Some people really don't like to be touched at all. Exactly. Uh, you have to be cautious of that. Especially in this day and age, I am very, very much someone that will to let someone know that I am very engrossed in the conversation or something like give a touch on the shoulder, like a tap on the arm or something like that. But you talk about touching another man's chest. I I think that's a little invasive. It's crossed the line, but I was okay with it. You're someone that can take things in stride because you don't really strike me as someone that can do that. Probably does shocks of people out there. (laughs) I imagine it does. But you know, my okay to get back on track with the sports. <laughs> sure, take, sure. Sports take. When you're watching games, basketball and baseball and football and all all these reviews, all the mm. times that referees want to go and review something. Uh oh, someone fell to the floor. I gotta go review this. Oh no, the ball went out of bounds. I gotta go see how much time's on the clock. Is it necessary to sit there for 10 minutes and waste the time when you already know what happened and just get the action going again? It's ruining sports. I wonder how you feel about this is where I think replay is the worst. 
a game winner where it's clearly out of his or her hand in time. And it takes away from the celebration. The celebration. Like, yes. all the enthusiasm. Everyone around the entire arena knows it is over. Yeah. The ball hit the net as the, the lights around the backboard came on to signal the end of the game. Why do you have to review it? Because then there's always the thought in the back of the mind, what if they wipe it away, you know? You hear the initial huge roar and huge cheer, but it starts to lessen when the whistles blow right, and the referees... it's going to take 15 minutes. Let's rewind. Oh, we got a different angle. Oh, oh, clearly we got the ball off. Oh, but let's go see another angle. Oh, clearly the ball... T- oh, we got to go take it up. And 15 minutes later, basket's good. Everyone went home. Yeah, the arena's empty yeah. by that point. It's a formality that does not need to be a part of the game. Now... If there is a legitimate question yes. about if it went in or not. Like if time okay. should be back on the clock, I get that. To give, to give another team the chance. Like. I'll, I'll give you this one. If ETSU tomorrow plays Western Carolina women's basketball. There was a question at the end of the game, and it was a legitimate one. Mm-hmm. 0.5 seconds on the clock. Did she get it off in time or not? They went to the monitor. They changed the call. That is completely different than there's four seconds left on the clock. They made one pass to the top of the key. The de- guy took a dribble and shot with a second and a half left. Exactly. And as the ball hit the bottom of the net, it went to zeros. No need to do it. None. But they have. They feel like they have to do that. They just want to be the hero. They want to be the center of attention. Want, exactly. They want to be known. They want their name out there. Referees have an inferiority complex. Exactly. That is the hypothesis of this segment for me. Especially little referees. Little referees? And I'll leave it at that. <laughs> Angry man, thank you. I wonder how you uh, feel about the – we're talking about proximity to the court – the Furman student section being right up against the players. There was a great picture out there from there SoCon was, John. Yes. Fletcher McGee is right Fletcher, there. Yep. Fans are all around him, and they're right in his face. He wasn't phased. He's not one to get phased. But. Now, the one thing I have about that is when, when you're that close and there's not enough space to be out of bounds right. to go after a ball, and then injury could take effect. Sure. You never want to have a player get injured because the camera guy's on the floor being so close to the court, and they're falling into him, and then all of a sudden they break an ankle or mm-hmm. hurt a knee or something like that because they're so close. That is where I have an issue with, with the player safety. It's not the fan safety. It's the player safety. Yeah, fans, you pay to you get in the door. You should know that, hey, you, you want get, a courtside seats. You may get a grown man falling in your lap, and you may spill your pop on yourself and be wet the wet rest of the game. Sad day for them. Yep. But they got the experience. Exactly. Anger Man is mad at me, at people that do not like the help that is provided for them, and he is also mad at referees. No shock there. Thank you, Anger Man. Thanks, guys. Anger Man on Santos and the sidekick. Jay Reed joins us along with Nasir Player for Play On Playa right after the break in the Buccaneer Sports Network. Let Ferguson's knowledgeable product experts kick off your next kitchen or bath project with the latest in touch and hands-free faucets. High-performance gas ranges or low-decibel dishwashers. They're really quiet. Request your appointment today at fergusonshowrooms.com. The best decision ever. Visit your local Ferguson showroom at 1000 Quality Circle in Johnson City and choose from an extensive lighting collection of the most sought-after brands. Find the one-of-a-kind fit for your home at Ferguson. The Firehouse Restaurant in downtown Johnson City has been a proud supporter of the Bucks since 1980. Our hickory smoked barbecues, sides, sauces, dressings, and desserts are all made from scratch because that's the way the locals like it. Our tailgate packs are available through Firehouse Catering for 12 or more, starting at just $8 per person. The packs are available all season on Fridays, Saturdays, and Mondays. For more information, visit thefirehouse.com. Come see us before the big game. The Firehouse, 627 West Walnut Street between ETSU and downtown Johnson City. How many places do you ever go without your smartphone? My name is Wesley Fletcher with the First Bank and Trust Company. Now you can pay securely for your purchases with your smartphone too. Just add your check card to the wallet app on your phone to pay for all your purchases. So keep on moving, keep on traveling, and keep on shopping with the First Bank and Trust Company and Apple Pay and O, providing mobile solutions when you need them most. Your bank for life. Firstbank.com. Member FDIC. Look, if you're like me, you got a lot to remember. Like, remember to pick up some refreshingly cold lemon-lime Mountain Dew ice. Sounds good, doesn't it? Well, here's my trick. If it's a nice day, I think nice rhymes with ice. And that reminds me, I better get some Mountain Dew ice. Or if someone asks me for the time, I think time rhymes with lime, like in lemon-lime. If I work at it, anything can remind me to get to the store and get myself some Mountain Dew ice. Mountain Dew ice. Remember to get some. Welcome back to Smooth 92.2. I'm Dr. Love, and I want to hear the secret to your romantic success. We've got Brian on the line. Bright guy, what'd you do? 
Well, I wanted to spice things up, so I surprised my wife with instant games from the Tennessee Lottery. Ooh, and did those work, Brian? You know they did, Dr. Love. It doesn't take a relationship expert to know you can't go wrong with February instant games. Only from the Tennessee Lottery. Game-changing fun. Please play responsibly. Play on, player. 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 I've already heard from Austin Herrick. No intro music for him, but uh, Nasir Player gets his own intro music. What do you think of that, Mike Gallagher? Didn't take him long, did it? I mean, we had Austin on what, like? Ten times. Wait for him and Patrick Good to start boycotting us uh, here. Now, in Patrick Good's only been on once. Now. now, now in fairness, if you had to caution in giving a guy an intro music, do you go with the guy that is menacing like Nasir Player or Austin Herrick, who comes off with the all shucks, you Where's know, golly gee whiz, right? Yeah, he wears AirPods. That's it. He wears AirPods. He yeah. doesn't get it. No, he we went over that last week. And Patrick Boom. Good is a more diminutive size. It, not that Patrick Good isn't exceptional at what he does, but I, I think that Patrick Good being the size he is versus your player size, this year it didn't take much for you to get an intro. Welcome back. I think you can just you can just do a funny pun with my name. I don't think you can do any funny puns with their names. Maybe Patrick Good. Good yeah, but, the Good Doctor was the one that we were gonna. But not Herring. No, there's nothing there. Or Austin. Her- yeah, Austin. <laughs> Unless you sure. did an Austin Powers, but that's not his personality. Stone like if his personality was a little goofy. Then I could be like, okay, yeah, we could do some Austin His Power stuff. Is a little goofy now. Austin is goofy. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little goofy. I'm not ripping the guy. I love him to death, but it is a little goofy. I think he'd tell you that. Austin's yeah. Austin's top top ten funniest people that were on the team last year. Oh, there you go. Yeah, that's pretty impressive considering it's that's, that's a cosign right there, right? Or something. No, yeah, hundred something. Uh, so that's top ten percent. Austin is funny. Yeah. Okay. We enjoy okay. having yeah. him. The Sear player giving the uh, play on player to uh, Austin Herrick being funny. Nice shoes, Jeff. Oh. All right, so before we, we got to backtrack a little bit. Got to backtrack a little bit. Before we get into my white on white shoes right now that I'm wearing, that I promised I would wear, before we get into that, I got an email after the show was posted online about an hour and a half later, and I'm having a seer player with a dramatic read here of the email that was given to me so the fans will have a little bit to know what, what we're about to talk about. So what did the email say to me after the show? All right, it said, you're still wearing white on white tennis shoes? Come on. Get a little color on. I haven't owned a pair of white shoes in several years. I've had black, blue, and gray. The closest I've come was a black pair with some white trim. Come on, player. You got to ride the wave. Okay. So I got <laughs> a come on player. To you. It was directly to me. Yes. Uh, I got a, I got a come on player and ride the wave because, you know, I was saying the train, right? And, and mm. Nasir had corrected me that that went away uh, probably when I did get off the train and, <laughs> and not get on the wave. So, Nasir, would you be shocked that my 72-year-old father sent that to me? No. <laughs> they, they know best. Been getting crushed on my white on white shoes. So then I walk in, right? And I'm very proud that I'm wearing the white on white shoes. I'm thinking the Sears a white on white guy. I'm like, hey, what do you think of my kicks here? Which, by the way, nobody says anymore. But I said, what do you think of my shoes? And what, 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 did, what did you say? I said that they look like cheerleader shoes. <laughs> Cheerleading <laughs> shoes. That's like something out of the player haters ball. From Dave Chappelle, if you've ever watched the Dave Chappelle. Oh, yeah. Show, like, looks like he's wearing cheerleading shoes. <laughs> That's phenomenal. So I've had a 72-year-old man who uh, is my dad crush me, and then I've got Nasir giving me the cheerleading shoes. I'm after to retire these. A, a couple of things. Firstly, I think the most surprising thing about the email is the fact that your 70, 72-year-old father is prolific enough at email to be able to send, A, such a witty and hilarious one, because I thought right. it was very funny coming from a 72-year-old. Also, the fact that he can navigate onto a computer and do that. There are many 72-year-olds that are not technologically adept enough to do that. So props to your dad. Props to him. He did work in newspaper business for 35 years. Well, newspaper... So he, so he knows how to use a computer to type. Now, email, I will say this. He had a hard time how to get the podcast to listen to. I had to try to call him several times to get online to get that because he still has the flip phone, you know, uh, and text messaging is not something that he is. Uh, he's just kind of figured out, but not really. So he was like, podcast, I know you do that. How do I listen? Right. And I didn't want to say, well, get a Twitter account and do all that. So I had to I had to navigate him on how to put on his favorites 
SoundCloud page. Right. So he can just go to SoundCloud and then go to the, you know, sort by the latest show and then click on that. So so that's how you do it? That That's how he does it, yes. That's well, not okay. how I do it. All right, don't laugh at me because I'm not 72 years old, but I don't know how to, I don't know how to do it either. Honestly, I've never done it. I don't listen to the show. So <laughs> I, I've never done it. So you've never gone. No. Okay. Let's no. say I I'll tell you the easiest way to do it is actually if if you uh you have an iTunes account, I'm mm-hmm. assuming, you can go to iTunes and then go to podcast and then you search Santa's sidekick and then you can actually click one of two buttons. You can click the subscribe to or there's also an RSS feed that you can do and so it will ping your phone and say a new show is done. So you or you can have it automatically downloaded so when you go to your phone as soon as it's there, it'll tell you, hey, the newest show's downloaded. You can do it one of two ways. Or you can simply go to SoundCloud through the web, and then you can just have that as, like, one of your favorites or whatever, and then you can go to it each time and then click on it that way. I like how this is going. This is just turning into an infomercial for the show, which is good. Uh, cheerleading <laughs> shoes is my other thing. I didn't know that cheerleaders had shoes, uh, like specific they, shoes. I'm not, I don't know if they have a specific pair of shoes, but all the cheerleaders at my high school, they all wore the exact same shoe. Really? And, and they look like the shoes that Jay showed me. <laughs> I don't, that's know if, amazing. If, I don't know if those are actual <laughs> official cheerleader shoes, but that's what the cheerleaders wear at my high school, so that's what I assume they are. I mean, they're about 10-year-old shoes. I'll give it that, too. Yeah, that doesn't help. So, so hey, style, styles have changed since then, I'm assuming. But it's your wave, you know. You, you can you can ride somebody else's wave, or you can have your own wave. So yeah. your your shoes that look like cheerleader Trendsetter. shoes, that's your wave. Well, let's, so, let's continue on that. I think it's better to have your own wave, right? You don't want to be on someone definitely. else's wave. You, it's, it's more original. You're your own person if you got your own wave. Well, you know, people – you're you're more original if you have your own wave, but also people are gonna gonna like be against it at first because it's different. You do something different. So, but guys, it's very popular to when you go out, uh, you know, out at night. I don't know if it's club, bar, whatever. It's college kids do to hang out or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's very common for guys to have matching shoes, hat, whatever. Right, the the normal ensemble like to match, look fresh as you can or whatever. So. Not different guys, but the guy that has is trying to match his hat to his shoes. But, okay, oh, yeah, I just yeah. want to make sure you weren't saying guys are matching each other. Yeah, no, 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 no. Their own outfit. Their own outfit. Their own outfit. So uh, to separate again, you know, you go to college. There's fifteen thousand people. We don't play as you know. I was a normal student trying to do whatever. So I had actually uh, lost a bet and had to wear a pair of Velcro shoes. Right, the two strap Velcros, <laughs> and I wore it out because that was the. The thing, and I actually had so many people like, dude, are you wearing Velcro shoes? And then I crisscrossed the straps because, you know, just to, <laughs> to be different as well. And so then uh, somebody made a co- – several people had noticed it, and I thought, huh. So I went back because they were $4 a pair. kid you not, $4 a pair, and they had seven different colors. So I went back and spent $28, probably less than that because I'd already bought that, $24 to get the rest of the colors. Mm-hmm. And then I would rock the the color shoes or whatever I was wearing out with that. And then people, there were actually a group of girls that would yell Velcro J when I'd walk into a place. <laughs> Kid you not. And so, and a couple of the guys were like, w- "What are you doing? Like, why would you do that?" I'm like, "Those girls did not know my name right. until last week. And if this is all I got to do to have somebody, <laughs> some girls know my name, I'm all in on that. Yeah, and if I got to be that guy wearing the Velcro shoes, I, I'm, I'm going to rock that. So You rode your own wave. I did. They hated on it. I did. And then I had to get married. I was 32. So, I mean, whatever. I mean, things happen. You know, it didn't work out to, to my advantage there. But that was that was me trying to, again, coming from, a, a, you know, like in high school, you know everybody, right? You go to the same school, even people in your county, other schools, other city schools. Like, you kind of knew something. But I left the entire state. You know, I went to a different <clears> state. Do whatever. I knew all of three people when I got on campus. Mm-hmm. And so it was, uh, and, you know, I didn't join a fraternity or anything, so I didn't really know a whole lot. I didn't play sports. So that first semester was, like, just trying to figure out, like, who can I even hang out with. Then right. the next semester was like, you know what? Hey, the Velcros are working. <laughs> got to know a lot of people. And then uh, I didn't wear that, like, four years of college. Mm-hmm. I was throwing it out there just because so I got the serious staring at me funny. Velcro J would get a play-on player. Definitely. Wow. That is impressive. That is an upset to me because I certainly thought that Velcro J was going to go there. Come on, bro. You can't. You can never get mad at somebody for doing their own thing, even if you don't agree with it. If they're doing their own thing, you got to respect that's them. A, if they that's have a, the confidence enough to do that, 
You have to respect. That's a great like philosophy. It. That's See, a great philosophy. Seriously, where, where was he in college? I needed that. Need, needed, <laughs> needed to have my Velcro back right Jay there. That's right. Player. Uh, the one topic I have this week is Kyler Murray. We haven't talked about Kyler Murray, and I think this is a good chance to do so on the podcast. Obviously, had the choice between the NFL and Major League Baseball. Was drafted ninth overall by the Oakland Athletics in the MLB draft. Had a nice five six million dollar contract waiting on him. Of course, he has the year he did at the University of Oklahoma, playing in front of seventy eighty thousand people. Did he win the Heisman? He won the Heisman, didn't mm-hmm. he? Won the Heisman. Uh, took him to the playoff. I mean, just an incredible year for Kyler Murray, and clearly showed that he can compete at the highest level of college football. And so the rumblings start to begin this year about Kyler Murray. You know, is he gonna kind of say, "Sorry, Oakland, it's not gonna happen," and they're gonna lose? the ninth overall pick, obviously, and someone that they were very excited about being the incredible athlete that he is, Kyler Murray, in baseball, and instead go to football. This weekend is the scouting combine. A couple of weeks back, Kyler Murray said, I'm going to do football, and Mm -hmm. it was met with mixed reaction. I'm curious if Kyler Murray choosing football for you gets a play-on player or a come-on, bro. Uh, He gets a come-on, bro, for me, just because – I play football. I've never played baseball, but I play football, and I know that it hurts. And I'm 6'5", 265. He's 5'9", all of 200, and he's going to be getting hit by people that are bigger than me. For less money, I would have played baseball. But he, he obviously had a dream. So I guess he can get a he can get a low key play on player because he had a dream and he chose to follow it despite what anybody thought. Is, so. is he looking at it as quick money because the quicker money – is obviously going to draft now. I think the long play would have been baseball that because baseball let, let's money. face it, there's guaranteed contracts. We've just seen some of these great. Now, is he going to get to that level? There's other things that can go, but he could play baseball for 20 years. He could. And football, you know, maybe not. And he could be doing the ultimate play, which is play football four or five years. Maybe it doesn't work out. Mm-hmm. And then immediately the A's, I think, will still own his rights up right. until – I think it's up to three years. Yeah, I can't remember how that worked. But but somebody will give him a sh- – I mean, they're giving Tebow a shot. I've never played since high school baseball. Well, that's the Mets. But, yeah, but <laughs> still, a Hasman Trophy still carries weight. Yeah. I think they right. – I, I think he he may be smart in the simple fact of let's get some quick money now. If it works on football, great. I don't have to do anything. If it doesn't, he's probably in the back of his mind going, somebody in baseball – is probably going to give me a shot. Uh, and then at that point, he's not riding as many buses as probably just you know having a Cadillac driver just to, uh, drive him to the next uh, spot he's going to go right. in the minor leagues. I didn't even I didn't even think about it like that. You you might have just made me switch my uh, come on, bro, to a play on player. I mean, think about, I think it's a boss move. I well, think it is, think, too. Now that you explained it that way, it makes sense. Think about two examples. you got Tim Tebow on one side, then you got Brandon Whedon on the other, who went and played baseball, came back or to Drew Oklahoma Hansen. State. Drew Henson, guys that did not have that NFL success after they went and played baseball, came in at a later age. So to your point, it is a good point because I'm not going to give it a play-on player. I think that going and doing baseball, and I don't even want to go the honoring the commitment route because that is one way I've seen some people go like, oh, you were drafted by Oakland, they gave you a chance. You're also your own person. You're a multi-talented individual. You're going to have to make some really hard choices. And if you had the seat – I would have my opinion changed of my own abilities if I had the season that he did at the University of Oklahoma. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's no question about it. So I think <clears> that <throat> you really can't lose. But if things flame out in the NFL, Jay, to your point, I think that certainly you've got a better fallback, much like Tim Tebow has shown. Yeah, football football is a young man's sport. So better to play it now while he's still young. And then he can play 10, 15 years of baseball when he, whenever he gets done playing football. I mean, and he's uh, – it's one thing if he's – wasn't such an athlete like right. like if he was just a big six five kind of slug that would have to play first base at baseball and would be a quarterback and mm-hmm. then, but I mean he's gonna be an outfielder you know he's got legs and some other things he can run or some other things that I think changes some things where he could play a little bit longer uh, and I'll just be curious because let's face it if he if he flames out at football then he's probably gonna start at a little higher level. I think than than most people. I mean, Tebow actually started out at a low level yeah. because he hadn't played baseball in a while mm-hmm. and has kind of climbed the ladder. I, I think he would, you know, you're talking high double A because the other thing is, is whoever drafts him because of his age has got to figure out pretty quickly if he's going to be able to play or not. Right. I would think he would probably be at A to start. 
just regular A, A ball to start because he is a little bit older because a lot of the prospects that come into rookie ball are 17, 18 years And, and even have short season A, I think he would be short in, in what, what they call high A. I think, right. I think he would start there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, again, it, he would and he would work up quickly right. if, if he was there where, you know, again, they're probably looking at maybe not necessarily average and all that, uh, but just like, hey, how's the bat speed? How's this? How's that? If it doesn't constitute an – average or power or whatever they're looking for at that point he's going to be able to climb that a little bit faster some quick hitting items for you before we go on the AAF firstly play on player to the AAF in general or Kamambra play on player you like it I like it it's just another opportunity for because you know just because you weren't able to make it onto an NFL roster doesn't mean you're not a talented football player so I think it just creates another opportunity for people to do what they love I would 100% agree there's stories coming out about the AAF as is natural I think with a lot of new organizations that aren't so flattering about it I saw that there was a quote-unquote 250 million dollar bailout is what some places called it with an NHL owner that now is going to have a controlling stake in the company or be some kind of big authority in the company 250 million there and then I also saw that a lawyer or someone in Los Angeles is now suing the AAF because he claims that the AAF and Bill Polian and all these guys at the top stole his idea and he was going to start the (laughs) league play on player or come on bro to all of the tertiary stories the stories outside of the main thing that the AAF is trying to do Come on, bro, to all that because it's just it's just trying to – it feels like people are trying to bring it down. I don't know if that's what they're trying to do, but I feel like it's a good opportunity and it's positive. I think it's a real positive thing, and people are just trying to make it into something not positive. Let it breathe. All right, two, right. two fun ones for you. Where are you on play on player? come on, bro, on the word tertiary? Because Mike <laughs> uses it about four times a show. Uh – I don't know the exact definition of it, so I'm going to say No, I'm with you. I don't either. I have no I, idea. I just agree with him whenever he says it. I like big words, though, so I'm going to say play on play. Mm. Yeah, All right, uh, last one, uh, fun one. Uh, I noticed Nasir is wearing blue socks with pink flamingos. Can I wear that with my white-on-white white shoes and get away with it? <laughs> yes. Oh, boom, I got another one. Hey, to the blue <laughs> and the pink socks, play on play. That's what I, I like those, yeah, I love those are got, strong. They have palm trees on them, too. Oh. And palm trees. Just, I, you know what? It's, it's supposed to be in Johnson City today about 65 degrees, right? I feel more take. comfortable. He's already getting there. Yeah. Yeah. I'm on the beach in the mountains. Me, too. <laughs> this here, what are you, 6'5 and 265? 6'5, 265. 6'5, I feel like that's how he gets away with that more than I do. I'm just throwing it out there. I could be wrong. All right, it's like your Velcro shoes. Yeah, I know what you do. I just like it because Nasir agrees with me a lot and hates <laughs> on Mike. So, all right, Nasir, you can always come back as long as you agree with me. Will do. That'll do it for this week's show, Lando Land, Angry Man. Uh, we had a little bit of a smorgasbord to start the show. When we come back tomorrow, we'll preview women's basketball there on the road at uh, Western Carolina. So we'll have that game for you, and of course, we'll start to get things set for the upcoming Southern Conference Tournament. A lot to talk about as Hoots winding down. Another edition of Sanderson Sidekick on the Bargain Air Sports Network. <laughs>